Welcome to you wherever you are at, whomever you're with. We are so very glad that you are here with us for a few moments this weekend. We're going to jump right into our teaching series. Uh, we're in a series of messages called At the Movies, and uh, we're believing that God uh, can and wants to speak to us through current and classic movies. If you doubt that God would do that, I want to encourage you to go back and watch uh, the first message in this series where we kind of lay down the biblical foundation uh, for God using uh, stories, uh, being a great storyteller to communicate uh, eternal truths, practical truths to us. And uh, last week, we used a current release movie called Elemental uh, to uh, kind of springboard us uh, into this message that God's desire is to uh, give to us the gift of his spirit, which he communicates to us uh, through the metaphors of elements. And uh, he used these mighty uh, metaphors of wind, fire, and water. Uh, the wind uh, meaning the breath of God, uh, the vitality of God, the presence of God, the power of God, the amazing, mind-blowing abundance of God that is set in motion when we open up to uh, the gift of his spirit. Uh, well, today's movie uh, will kind of uh, point us to how we do that. You know, how is it that we practically, uh, in the day-to-day -day busyness and demands and duties of our lives, how do we open ourselves up uh, to receive this incredible gift that releases these mighty, uh, 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 mighty uh, evidences of God's work uh, in us and through us and in every corner of our lives. Well, uh, the sequel we're going to use uh, today that kind of points us into how we do this. You ready for it? Uh, it's the great Indiana Jones. Uh, God is going to speak to us through the legacy of this great movie series. You know, it's hard to believe that it was uh, over 40 years ago uh, that we first heard this tune, bam, ba -dum, bam, bam, ba -dum. you know the tune well. It comes from uh, the original uh, series, uh, it, the original Indiana Jones movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, way back in 1981. Well, just a few years later, uh, kind of a sequel came out, The Temple of Doom. Uh, who can forget the famous uh, eyeball soup scene? And then uh, in 1989, the third in the Indiana Jones series, where he actually partnered with his dad, played by Sean Connery, uh, in their archaeological adventure together. And then uh, almost 20 years elapsed, and some would say uh, it, it should have gone much longer before they came out with the fourth in the Indiana Jones series uh, called The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It was kind of seen as a bomb of a movie, but uh, it did con uh, continue uh, what we've come to affectionately uh, appreciate about Indiana Jones and his quest uh, for uh, the facts. It, well, uh, this summer of 2023, uh, the fifth and final of the series uh, now showing uh, what's known as the Dial of Destiny. And uh, in this movie, uh, Indiana Jones divulges really uh, what is probably uh, at the core of every archaeologist's yearning is the desire to, to travel through time and to uh, actually see and experience the things that have uh, consumed their lives. And uh, in this movie, uh, Indiana Jones makes a quote that kind of caught my attention. Uh, he says, uh, it's not what you believe, 
It's how hard you believe. It's not what you believe. It's how hard you believe. And so I had to do a little fact check on that, you know, think that one through. It's not what you believe. It's how hard you believe. And uh, after my analysis, I've determined that's not true. <laughs> we, we all know that uh, it is what you believe and it is how hard you believe. It's both. It's, it's what you believe, uh, the truth, and it's how hard you believe it, uh, how dedicated how responsive are you to the truth when it comes into your life? And, you know, if Indiana Jones is famous for everything, anything, uh, it would be famous, uh, he would be famous for being all in when something caught his attention. Uh, he was the picture of someone who was sold out to pursuing uh, the facts of what had caught his attention. Well, this message is about taking that example of a character like Indiana Jones and highlighting the importance of seeking, pursuing, uh, getting on a quest for the things that God uh, wants to release into your life. And, uh, you know, if you're not convinced that it's not only what you believe, but how hard you believe it, uh, I want you to think about uh, some of God's perspective on this idea of our own pursuit of him and his truth. Uh, through the prophet Jeremiah, uh, God speaks to a broken and wayward people that kind of been fed up with doing things on their own. It led them to a place of exile. They were distant uh, from the plans and the purposes of God. And God speaks to them uh, in that condition. Here's what he says. You will seek me and you will find me now, underline this in your thoughts. When you seek me with all of your heart. Uh, this is uh, God disclosing his truth to us. Uh, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Uh, see, uh, it does matter uh, not only what we believe, but how hard we believe it. Uh, someone once uh, said, you know, when it comes to matters of life and death, uh, I'm going to go with the perspective of the one who rose from the dead. That's pretty good hedging of your bets when it comes to matters of life and death. Uh, I'm going to side with the one who rose from the dead. Uh, here's what Jesus said about uh, this quest for truth, for God, for the what God wants to release into our lives. He, he uh, said, again, the kingdom of heaven, it's like this. It's like a merchant looking for fine pearls. Uh, let your imagination go with that. A guy who spends his whole life searching the world over, looking for fine pearls. And Jesus said, here's what the kingdom is like. When he finds one of great value, he went away and he sold everything that he had. He liquidated all of his assets so that he could take hold or buy this pearl of great price. And see, uh, it matters what you believe and how hard you believe it. And if you believe uh, the kind of uh, with the kind of intensity that God is calling for and Jesus is highlighting, uh, there will be this quest for God that refuses to be turned away. You know, Jesus is teaching on prayer. Uh, he apparently he was praying once, and his disciples noticed there's something different going on. When Jesus prays, I got a feeling they noticed the wind of God's spirit 
the vitality that came as he interacted with God, the fire of God's presence in his life, the abundance that was released through Jesus' communion with God. The disciples noticed that. They said, Lord, uh, we'd like to do that. Teach us how to do that. And so he, uh, he told them about uh, what we call the Lord's Prayer. You know, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Provide for us, protect us, be with us, forgive us. And uh, then on the heels of that uh, teaching on how it is we commune with God and release his kingdom into our lives, Jesus said this about the nature of our seeking. Uh, then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to that friend at midnight you know you got a friend who lives nearby you decide you need something so you go to him at midnight you say friend uh, can i borrow three loaves of bread a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and i have nothing to offer him apparently this guy is uh you know kind of spontaneous lives by the seat of his pants has nothing in his house to offer his friend who drops by in the middle of the night. And now Jesus said, think about the guy who's uh, being asked this request. He says, suppose the one inside says, don't bother me. The door's already locked. My children and I are in bed and I can't get up, give you anything. It reminded me last week, uh, we had our grandson over for a few nights and uh, he likes to sleep in the middle of grandma and grandpa right there on our king bed. And uh, the first 10 minutes, this guy's in bed with you. He's all action. He's, he's fidgety. He's talking. He's excited. And then all of a sudden, he kind of decides, I guess we're here to go to sleep. And he settles down. And it's at that point that the friend shows up knocking on the door. Hey, I need some bread. And uh, he gets the response, go away. I can't get up and give you anything. And now the point, Jesus says, I tell you, even though this guy will not get up and give you the bread because you're his friend, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. What in the world? Uh, Jesus is saying, look, this is kind of the way it is with God. Uh, he's not going to give you the, the fullness, the riches, the blessings, the promise that he wants to release into your life. Uh, simply because he likes you, though he does. But part of what God is looking for is that shameless audacity, that desire, that quest, that seeking that refuses to be turned away. In fact, some of the other translations of shameless audacity are persistence, boldness in coming to God, a brashness, even the word chutzpah. And all of these indicate that you know God has what you need. God has promised wonderful things that he wants to do, and you're not going to be turned away until you receive them. And so uh, here's what uh, Jesus is, the point he's making as he talks about communing with God, releasing his kingdom life into your life, uh, giving this story, the man who comes in the middle of the night, keeps banging until he gets what he wants. Here's the point. Jesus said, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For anyone, everyone who asks, receives. 
The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be opened. Asking, seeking, knocking, uh, these are the actions uh, Jesus is saying uh, ought to characterize our lives when we find the pearl of great price, when we realize this gift of God's spirit, uh, the wind, the breath of his life that brings vitality to us, the fire of his presence, the water of abundance that's released into us. When we discover that those things are in God, we're going to keep asking, seeking, and knocking until, in fact, the, the tense of the Greek words, uh, verbs used for ask, seek, and knock, uh, they go beyond just asking once. They go beyond a polite knock. Uh, they have to do with uh, ask and keep on asking, uh, seek and keep on seeking, get on a quest and uh, knock and keep on knocking until that door is opened up. Uh, you know, when we seek God with our whole hearts, uh, God says, you will find it, we will find him. When we come to him with shameless audacity, uh, we will receive what we're looking for. You know, there was a guy in the Old Testament, a guy named Jacob. It's kind of a beautiful picture of the kind of heart attitude God's trying to stir in us. And in this episode, Jacob, he had ripped off his brother Esau for the birthright. It had been 20 years since he'd seen his brother. It was time for them to reunite. And he heard that Esau, as he was coming to meet him, hadn't seen him in 20 years. He also was bringing 400 men along with him. So no doubt uh, this night, Jacob, uh, he was stirred up in his heart and his spirit, probably fretting a fair amount of what this encounter with his brother was going to be like. And uh, somewhere in the night, uh, a man uh, comes and encounter, meets up with Jacob. And uh, Jacob later realizes this was God that had come to him, but he didn't know it at the time. And they get involved in a strange wrestling match. And uh, we're told that they actually wrestled through the night. And uh, here's one, a glimpse of this scene. Uh, when the man saw that he would not win the match, uh, he's not going to overcome Jacob. Jacob's not going to let go of him. Uh, he touched Jacob's hip and he wrenched it out of its socket. And then the man said to Jacob, let me go. For the dawn is breaking. We've done this all night. And then this classic response. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. You know, this is, uh, this is that hard attitude. This is the Indiana Jones uh, essence. Uh, I'm not going to let go of this until I get what I've come for. And God actually says, you know, that's a good thing. In fact, that's a wonderful thing when it comes to pursuing God. That We're, we're not going to give up easily. We're not going to be turned away. We're going to ask and keep on asking. We're going to seek, keep on seeking. We're going to knock until that door is opened up to us. You know, you contrast that uh, kind of a, a diligent uh, quest for the things that God has already promised that he wants to do in us. Contrast that with a half-heartedness, you know, this attitude, well, you know, God knows my address. If he has things for me, he'll show up. That, that kind of uh, indifference uh, towards God is not something that he affirms. In fact, this, um, this wonderful episode 
Uh, it comes in the book of Revelation. Jesus comes uh, to one of his churches that has that kind of disposition. They feel like they've arrived. Their spiritual cup is full. There's no longer this, uh, this quest, this yearning, this pursuit of God, this shameless you know, desire to take hold of the things that God wants to release into our lives. And, uh, you know, I, I often am reluctant to show the uh, white caricature pictures, depictions of Jesus, uh, but I felt like in this occasion it, it, it was a good thing uh, to associate the man Jesus Christ with the words that he speaks to his followers. He comes to one of his churches, the church in Laodicea. Here's what he says. Uh, I know all the things you do. I know kind of the ins and outs, the ups and downs of your life, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other. And see, here's Jesus speaking to that complacent, indifferent heart that says, well, God's going to do what God's going to do. Jesus says, I wish you were hot or cold, but since you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Now, keep in mind, uh, this is the good shepherd. Uh, this is the one who poured out his life for his friends, laid down his life, washed their feet. He's earned the right to speak to them directly. And here in this case, uh, because of their indifference, he's saying, look, you really turned me off and I'm about to spew you out of my mouth. Well, here's where they're at. He said, you say I am rich. I have everything. I'm blessed. I'm forgiven. I'm a Christian. Uh, I don't need a thing. And yet, you don't realize that you are wretched, that you are miserable, that you are poor, that you are blind, and that you are naked. You know, uh, those are pretty uh, sobering words. Uh, those are words to a church that's kind of like those lifeless bones in the desert, kind of like that dry, barren land that the prophet Ezekiel saw. And Jesus speaks directly to it, and he's got some counsel. Uh, for the church, the people that he loves. He says, so I advise you, uh, buy gold from me, a gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. And see, the, calmer, the, uh, the currency that we buy from Jesus is a sincere heart, poverty of spirit, a realization that he alone uh, has the spiritual wealth uh, that can change uh, our reality. And Jesus says, come to me. Buy gold from me. Also, uh, buy white garments from me so that you will not be shamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes so that you will be able to see and see what Jesus is offering is real spiritual life, real spiritual vitality, a real covering for our brokenness, a real sense of dignity that comes only from the grace and the unmerited favor of God. And uh, then uh, Jesus, uh, unless we mistake his heart, uh, here's what he says, I correct and I discipline everyone whom I love. Uh, so be diligent, uh, turn from your indifference and let that shameless audacity pursuing God begin to infiltrate your heart. And then these final words, look, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice, if you open the door, uh, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Uh, what, a, what a wonderful invitation from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords uh, in the context of friendship and authentic relationship. 
He wants to pour the riches of God's life into our lives. See, it's not just what you believe. It's also how hard you believe it. And does that strength of belief spur you to a quest? Psalm 84 has this wonderful line. It says, how blessed are those whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they go through the dry and barren places, they make it a place of springs and vitality. It's a wonderful picture of that same uh, idea that God affirms the quest and the seeking, the asking, and the knocking. Uh, this life that he offers is indeed the pearl of great price. And you know, as we're seeking, as we're pursuing as we're not about to be denied uh, on this quest uh, to find the fullness and the riches uh, that God promised those who call in the name of Jesus. He, Jesus ends his teaching on prayer, wanting us to know what's the heart of God in all of this as we develop this shameless, uh, lifelong pursuit of him. He says, look, you fathers, if your children ask you for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Well, you do if you're a creepy father. But if you're even half of a, of a genuine dad, you give them what they ask for. If they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. And so here's the point. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him, uh, interesting, a place that Jesus comes to. He says, look, uh, all of our desire to commune with God, to see his kingdom life released into us, to experience his presence and his protection uh, comes down to this, uh, our desire for the presence of God with us. And uh, what Jesus is saying is as we develop that hunger and attitude of heart, no, God loves that, and he loves to give the Holy Spirit to people who yearn for his presence uh, in their lives. You know, uh, before I lead us in a prayer, uh, I read this week an interesting observation that over the past uh, three or four years, as our world has gone through a cataclysmic upheaval, uh, the pandemic, the social unrest, the political upheaval, that there has been one particular grouping of churches that have continued to grow while many have seen a falling away. And uh, the observation was that it was the Pentecostal churches, those who leaned into this gift of God's Spirit, that even in chaotic times continue to grow. And the researchers, as they tried to analyze this global pattern, it really came down to this. Uh, those those uh, movements that continued to yearn for the vitality, uh, the empowerment, the uh, strengthening that can come only by receiving the gift of God's Spirit, the wind, the fire, the water, those plentiful pictures, uh, those are the ones who continue to survive and thrive even in the most difficult of times. It is what you believe. It's how hard you believe it. Uh, ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. And here's the promise of Jesus, and you will receive, you will find, and the door will be opened 
to you. Uh, Father, thank you for your life. Uh, thank you for your love for us. I thank you for the plan of salvation. You made a way for us to return uh, to you and to live in your fullness. We thank you, Lord Jesus, uh, for your life, for your death on the cross, uh, for your victory over the grave, for your ascension uh, to return to God, and for the outpouring of your spirit to any who would call upon your name. Uh, we do that right now. Uh, Lord, if there's any uh, hearing this message who've never called upon your name, uh, would you give them that faith right now? I encourage you. Uh, just say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I need your forgiveness. And uh, then together, Lord, we all open our hearts uh, to this gift of your spirit. If there's any indifference in any of us, if there's any pretense of adequacy in the midst of our brokenness and our desperate need for you, uh, Lord, uh, may we hear your voice. May we hear you knock. May we open the door uh, and commune with you and allow you to release uh, the wonderful riches of your spirit into our lives. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.